0: I'm preaching a word that the Spirit of God put upon my heart, and the title of my message this morning is, Jesus died. Jesus died. Amen. Jesus died. Jesus died. The the death of the cross. Amen. Now, I'm reading from the book of Hebrews chapter 2, the verse 9 to 15. The Bible says, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor so jesus took on the form of man being made a little lower than angels even though he was god bible says for the suffering of death for the purpose of coming to suffer and to die that is why god took on the form of man it's a crown with glory and honor now he's crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of god should taste death for every man for he became him for whom are all things And by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church I will sing praise unto thee. And again I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children that the Lord has given me are for signs and are for wonders. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took the part of the same. And that through death he might destroy him that had the power of of death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage said, Jesus took the form of man, amen, to become like us so that he will take death for us and deliver us from the power of death and destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver us who throughout all our lives live in fear of death. And you know that fear is bondage, hallelujah. This is why Jesus came to die. The the enemy, the greatest enemy of man, we say, is death. Amen? And that is because people do not understand, or sometimes we don't understand, why people have to die. Why death? Now, when we say, what is death? Medically, the medical people will tell you is the cessation of bodily functions when the heart stops beating. And the whole body shuts down. But the Bible, which is the inspired word of God, because we know that the Bible was written by holy men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit, has a lot to say. And I want to read a few things to you. If you go to Genesis chapter 25, verse 8, talking about Abraham. The Bible says, then Abraham gave up the ghost. The ghost there is a spirit. He gave up his spirit and died a good old age, an old man full of years, and was gathered unto his people that means that when abraham's spirit left he said he was gathered unto his people that means he went to his people all right then bible says in genesis 25 17 and these are the years of the life of ishmael 137 years and he also gave up the ghost that means he gave up his spirit and died and was gathered unto his people amen Jesus also, in Mark chapter 15, the verse 37 to 39, Bible says, Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. He surrendered his spirit. And the veil of the temple was torn into two from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion who stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost and said, truly, this man is the son of God. So from these three accounts that I've read, So they gave up the ghost. They they let go their spirits. And they were gathered onto their people. People who had died before them. Their families who had died before them. So they, they were gathered onto them. That tells you that we go somewhere at death. Medically, it's like everything is finished. But the Bible lets us understand that the spirit of man, once it leaves the body, then the body function ceases, but then the spirit... Goes. It says, gathered unto his people. Amen. Now, the leaving of the spirit from the body doesn't mean the end of man. Because if there's one thing I want you to understand this morning is that a spirit, no spirit dies. Spirits don't die. No spirit dies. The spirit of man doesn't die, it lives on. The issue is where it goes. Reading Luke chapter 16, the verse 19 to 31 the Bible says there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was also a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores and desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked up his sores and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried up by the angels of God to Abraham's bosom. So his body was left on earth but his spirit was carried up by angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, I mean, his spirit went to hell. He lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and he saw Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger into water and come and put it on my tongue and cool my tongue because I'm tormented in this flame. So we see Lazarus, the beggar in Abraham's bosom in a different place, in comforts. And we see this rich man in torments, in fire, in hell. But Abraham said, son, remember. And I want you to mark the word remember. So remember that in your lifetime you received good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. Now he's comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between you and us, there's a great gulf fixed, great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from here, here to you cannot, neither can they pass to us from where you are. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that you will send him to my father's house. For have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, even if one rose from the dead. Now, the reason why I said that mark the word remember is that it tells us that the soul of man goes with the spirit. You see, because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That is where your mind is so if there's any remembrance it's in the soul so that means that they who have passed on from here to the next life or to glory still remember their lives here they still remember family they still remember friends they don't forget they know amen so the the, the mind or the souls go with them they still have eyes to see because the rich man was seeing lazarus and abraham they still have a voice to cry out. They still have feeling. They still have a tongue to speak. They still have remembrance. So that means that the you, your person, yourself at death leaves just the casing, which is your body. Amen. And so that is really what death is. Amen. And I speak these words to you in these times so that you may understand that even at death we still beat the odds. Oh, yes. Even in death we still be the odds, and you come to understand as I go on. We realize that in the formation of man, God, Bible says, formed formed man from the dust of the earth, and then God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. Bible says he breathed the breath of life. What the essence of God was breathed into that lump of clay that lay on the ground, and man received the spirit and became a living soul. And so when man also sinned against God, God then gave the, the edict that, okay, to that's, from, from that were you taken, and to that will you return. Why? Because they had disobeyed God, and they had fallen from the grace that God had given them. And that is why death came into the world. But I stand here today to thank God For Jesus. That's why I said Jesus died. I thank God for Jesus that there has been a restoration of life unto man. You don't believe me, so you didn't clap your hands. Amen. But altogether, at death, the spirit returns to God who gave it. The preacher in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 7, tells us that the spirit of a man at death returns. to to God, who is the spirit giver. And so no spirit dies, and no spirit is lost. And in the case of the rich man and Lazarus, we see Lazarus going to Abraham's bosom, the place designated by God, and the rich man also going to hell, also a place designated by God for certain people. There's a big difference, and that is what Abraham said too the rich man, that where you are, where we are, there's a a great gulf, a big gulf. We can't come to you, you can't come to us. Lazarus was in a place of comfort, far off from hell. The rich man was in hell, tormented, being burned with unquenchable fire, at the same time not being consumed. Both places are places for the dead. Hell and heaven, or Abraham's bosom This account gives our places designated for the dead. But then we see that life continues after death. Amen. Life doesn't cease after death. Hear me and hear me clear this morning. Amen. Life does not cease after death. Amen. Life doesn't cease after death. You know, when God said to Adam and Eve that they shouldn't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said to them that on the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. But when Eve ate of the fruit, oh, she realized that, oh, I'm alive. I'm not dead. And she offered it to her husband. And he also ate of it. He went, oh, I'm alive. I didn't die. But really, they died spiritually. It wasn't the, the physical death of the cessation of bodily function. But their spirits died in the sense that they were cut off. Their spirits were cut off from God. And man took his own will and man became self willed. And that is why sin rules in man and has ruled ever since until Jesus came to make a way for us. By the deception of the, the Satan, sin came into the world. They died in that they became separated from God. They ate of the truth of the knowledge of good and evil and became separated. From God. The nature of sin came in. The nature of evil came in. Rebellion set in. And this is an ungodlike nature. Amen. And an ungodlike, sinful nature cannot abide in the presence of God because sin will always separate us from God. Sin sin separates from God. Amen. Sin separates us from God in this life. And sin separates us from God also in death. And that is why I thank God for your lives that you are all saved. Put your hands together. Amen. 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 Because sin separates. The Bible says the Lord's hand is not short, that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy, that it cannot hear us, but it's, it's sin that separates us from him. But I say again, I thank God for Jesus. Because God's word in the book of Isaiah says that when we pray, he will not hear us when we are in sin. He will turn his eyes from us because our hands are covered with blood. Romans 6, 23 brings hope to us. Hallelujah. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through his son Jesus. Through Jesus Christ, the power of sin is broken off our lives and we come into eternal life. Praise the Lord. God says that all souls are mine. The souls of the father, the souls of the son is mine. Every soul belongs to God. Every spirit belongs to God. Amen. But he said that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. It's not talking about the physical death that we see. It's talking about that break from the the spirit of God. Hallelujah. But the mercy of God is so great in that... Hallelujah. So God gave the power or the the, the right of way for atonement to be made so that man could be forgiven all our sins and be reconciled to him. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Oh, put your hands together. Amen. Hallelujah! God gave blood for the atonement of sin, and there was need for an atonement of sin. There was a ransom needed because for um, for the blood of man, there was or for the sin of man, there was need for blood to appease or blood to to. And in the Old Testament, God gave them the right to use blood, the blood of bulls, sheep, and goats. But you see, the blood of bulls and sheep and goats cannot be compared to the blood of man. There was the the need for for a certain blood, a sinless blood, to ransom man from sin and from, from judgment. Amen. And that is why Jesus Christ took the form of man. God took the form of man to become like man, to die in the place of man shed his blood for man so that our sins may be forgiven we will have atonement of our sins and become reconciled with God so that that judgment of death eternal death may no longer hold over our lives is somebody with me this morning give the Lord a clap offering when Adam and Eve sinned they lost the divine attributes of God so I said to you that God breathed his breath into man And when God breathes his breath into man, man received a godlike nature. Man had a godlike nature. But at sin, man lost that divine attribute of God, the divine nature of God, the essence of God was lost to man. But Jesus came to restore the essence of God back to us. Jesus came to restore life, life abundant and life eternal to us. Is somebody with me this morning? Put your hands together and give the Lord a clap offering, so that man and God may, may be reunited and have fellowship once again. Otherwise, if Jesus hadn't died, every man would face eternal judgment, eternal separation from God, which is spiritual death. But no believer, no child of God dies a spiritual death. Oh, hallelujah. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Now, any man that does not have Christ, has not received Christ as his Lord and his Savior, whose sins have not been forgiven, faces eternal separation from God, which is spiritual death. Man, or any man spiritually dead is on the road to eternal damnation. Appointed like, as I read to you, the rich man in the account that I gave, to eternal flames. But praise be to God that any man that is saved, any man that is born anew, your spirit that was dead, has now received newness of life through Christ Jesus and you will live eternally in the presence of the living God like Lazarus was comfortable and comforted in Abraham's bosom. Amen. So we are called believers to be faithful to the end so that we will receive the crown of life and not be hurt by what the Bible calls the second death. If if you go to the book of Revelations, it talks about a second death, which is separation from God. And those who are not believers, anyone that is not born again, will come under judgment and face a second death. But anyone that took Christ as his Lord and Savior, believed him and received his sacrifice for himself or for himself, will not face the second death. You die once. But in that death, your spirit moves on to the spirit giver. Like Lazarus this, and you will be in the presence of the Lord forever. The second death is not one for believers. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyone that overcomes in this life the, the challenges, the tribulations, and the troubles that we go through. Bible says he will not be overcome and not be hurt by the second death. Hallelujah. This morning, I thank God that Jesus died. Because if Jesus hadn't died for us, in times like this, we would be in a hopeless situation. But we are not in a hopeless situation. We are in a hopeful place. Oh, hallelujah. We are in a hopeful, hopeful place. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to read to you from chapter 20, verse 11 to 14. John said, I saw a great white throne, and he that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sheep gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. But those who believed in Christ, I said to you before, will not face this second death because their sins have been forgiven. Hallelujah. And they will not be judged because they did not believe in Christ. The death of Christ frees you and I, amen, from death. That is eternal separation from God. Jesus said something to Martha in the day that her brother Lazarus died. And Jesus didn't get there on time. Jesus didn't get there on time. They sent out to Jesus a message that the one whom you love is sick, come and heal him. Because he was a personal friend of the family. He, I'm sure he went there for dinner. Often sat with them. You know, After mission journey, you go there, sit, pastor coming to visit and so they knew that if they send a message and say that Lazarus is sick, Jesus would drop everything and run and come and heal Lazarus. Jesus waited until Lazarus died. And even then, he didn't go. Four days later, he shows up. I mean, how? I'll be very upset. And that's why Mary was very upset. She said, I'm going to my I'm going to my I'm and I'm sure that in our hearts, most of us are feeling pretty much like that. But watch this. So, Jesus said to Martha, listen. But Martha said "The Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, even now, I believe that whatever you ask the father, he will give to you. And he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? One. He said, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Talking about the resurrection from the dead. That we will die, put off this casing. And it's just a case. But you, the you, your spirit, who you really are, your soul, lives forever. Will live forever in the presence of God. Know this. And let the fear, he said that he came to destroy the one who has the power of death and to deliver them who throughout all their lives live terrified of death. But when you understand that, you leave this body and you transition, you just move into another life. You understand that there's no fear in this. There's no fear in this. He so, said, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Hallelujah. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus died, and he rose from the dead. And many, many, many people saw him. Reading from 1 Corinthians 15, He said, For I have delivered unto you first all that which I also received, how Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of about 500 brethren in a place one time, of whom the greater part remain unto the presence. Some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James and then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was also seen of me in due time. So Jesus died and rose from the dead. And all these people that Paul is talking about saw him. Amen. They saw him. And he said, Jesus rose from the dead. And people were doubting. And he didn't, he didn't rise from the dead. And he says that if we say that Jesus did not rise from the dead, then there's no resurrection of the dead, Then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain, our faith is in vain. But we know that now Christ is risen. Amen. Christ is risen. Amen. Christ, Jesus Christ is alive. And because he rose from the dead, the Bible says he's the first fruit of them who died and rose from the dead, giving us the example that it is possible that a man die. And be raised to life, and that is why Jesus waited. That's why I watched it. That's why Jesus waited four days after Lazarus died to go to them, because he wanted them to understand that he is the resurrection and the life, and that through him, man will live even if man dies. Hallelujah, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you listening to me this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. And so, in death. God has given us a new way. I was telling somebody, I've forgotten who, about maybe, it could be about 15 years ago. No, maybe 13 years ago. I met a young lady in London, full of life, very happy, in a church I went to minister at. And she was telling me about how she's relocating to Ghana. And said um, somebody had told her that she shouldn't come to Ghana, she would die she comes to Ghana, but she was so excited, she had a fiance, She come to get married. And so she was telling my about. I oh, so she's coming. Well, we had a little chat. But I liked her because she was very you know, full of life. So she came to Ghana and after about maybe, could it be a year, something like that, I heard, I got word that she had passed on. And it hurt so much, I decided I would attend the funeral. And that's how I live in Nakosomo, so I was driving. I was in the car coming to the phone. And in the car, I I was weeping. God, why? You you have to explain this thing to me. And right then, the Spirit began to minister to me about God's mercy and grace, even in death. That's why I'm telling you that. You see, when we talk about beating the odds, it comes in different ways. I told you last time, sometimes God gives us a way to escape, like out of a window, boom, you are out. Sometimes he keeps you in there, but still gives you the grace to bear it. So, God is faithful, who will not allow us to be tested beyond that which we are able. But with every testing, with every trial, he makes a way of escape. And when I read that scripture, I stopped there. I said, This is the way of escape. I'm out of here. But they said that you may be able to bear it. I said, Uh uh. What do you mean, bear it? I don't want to bear anything. I just want to run out of the door. I want to escape this thing. I don't want it to happen. But God explained to me that we are immortal spirits, as I said to you. Your spirit will never die. But this immortal spirit of yours is in a decaying mortal body. Since Adam sinned, the body of man took on death. And so from the minute you are born, you begin to die. Yes, because your body is decaying every day. That's why you can see a man, an old man of 90 years, very strong in his spirit, sharp in his mind, feels strong in his spirit, but his body is giving up on him. He feels you know, energetic within his spirit. Talk, laugh, his wisdom is all there. But if he has to walk from here to there, then he has to shuffle because the, 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 the body, the mortal body is giving up on him. And that's why sometimes when they get very old, they begin to call for, come and take me away. Because they recognize that they are more than the case that they are in. You are more than the case that you are in. Are you understanding me? That's why the ages, the very aged say, They are not talking about their bodies. Because they want to escape that body that is giving up on them. God said to me that you are an immortal spirit in a mortal body. Which is decaying. But the gift of God and the gift of eternal life is this. That God has promised us an immortal body. Which will house your immortal spirit. And that is how you can live forever. Because you can't live forever in the mortal, decaying body. Uh huh. Pardon me to sing Bob Marley's song. He said that everyone wants to go to heaven, my brother, but none of them, none of them, none of them want to die. We want to go to heaven. Abby, who who wants to go to heaven here? You can't go to heaven in this your body. Because this body is an earthly body. Paul talks about two types of body. The earthly and the celestial. You can't go to heaven with this body. It's earthly. It's sinful. It's decaying. But the, but the mercy of God in death is that he takes the immortal spirit out and closes it with an immortal body. And that is how we can live in the presence of God forever. With him in heaven. The problem is the timing, as we see here in our present situation, the time. But you know something? God is so God. Because whether you are 100, 40, 50, 20, by all means, you will have to let go this mortal body. Flesh and blood, the Bible says, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Paul said it. Amen. He said, I show you a mystery. The apostle Paul, I will will show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. There will be a change. So in a moment, in the twinkling of an an eye, at the at the trumpet, at the last trumpet sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible with an incorruptible body, a body that does not decay, a body that is not full of sickness, a body that is not full of problems. Amen we shall all be changed so for this corruptible must put on incorruption and the mortal must put on immortality that is the the mercy of god for us even in death but it is painful it is hard amen but god's word says that death is swallowed up in victory because at the end of the day man the regenerated man the man that is born again will live forever So Paul says that death is swallowed up in victory. He said, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? You don't have any victory. Because at the end of it we will all be given a new body and we will live forever. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, so my brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding unto every good work. Because you must understand that your labor in the Lord will never be in vain in death the death of the believer still we beat the odds we beat the odds of eternal judgment of hell fire we beat the odds in that we receive from God an immortal spirit and we live forever with the Lord this world is not our home look at this world look at the things happening for how long this world is not our home. We are heaven bound. Hallelujah, we are heaven bound, amen. And it necessitates it, it, putting off the mortar in order to put on immortality. I will end with First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 18, which I shared this morning. Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, he said, brother, I will not have you to be ignorant concerning those who are asleep. And Jesus said that, the Lazarus is asleep. Let us go that I may wake him up. And the disciples thought that he meant asleep in you know, slumbering. But Jesus was talking about us in death. And Paul also says the same thing. He said that, I will not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are asleep. So you don't sorrow as those who do not have hope. Listen, anyone that dies in their sin has no hope. And the family have no hope. But we have a hope where we stand. We have a hope. He said, For we believe that if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, not by their word, that we who are alive that remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first that we which are alive and remain, if we are alive and remain, if we are alive at that time, shall be caught up together with them into the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, he says, comfort ye one another with these words. Paul was talking about the future. Amen. The future of everyone that slept in the Lord. That we will see our beloveds again. That they are alive in the presence of the Lord. And he says that they will come with the Lord. We will meet with them. We will meet our brethren who have passed on. We will meet with them again. Beating the odds of eternal damnation and eternal judgment. Because we have escaped from death to life. Talk about eternal life in Christ Jesus. This morning as we sit in this place, understand that death is swallowed up in victory by Jesus' death. So Jesus died. Why? To swallow up death in victory. Jesus took on the form of man and died the shameful death of the cross, tasting death for every man, every man, so that we might be delivered from the power of sin and find peace and reconciliation with God. Jesus' death on the cross frees us from the power of sin and frees us from eternal judgment giving us life in this life, abundant life overcoming life in this life Whilst we are in the flesh and also life when we step out of this flesh amen, because we will step out of this flesh eventually, but he promises life after we step out of this flesh hallelujah, Jesus Christ came to give us life abundant life and eternal life. 1 John 5, 11 says that this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. That is life forever in the presence of the Lord. And this life is found in his son. Anyone that has a son has life. Anyone that does not have the son does not have life. So these things are write to you. That you may believe in the name of the son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. That you may believe in the son of god. Anyone here who has believed in the son of god know this. You have eternal life. And for you death is swallowed up in victory. Death has no power over your life. Because you will step out of this case, this case, this decaying case and you step into eternity. You step into eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. I know my brother has stepped into eternal life. I know I know. Brother Davis has stepped into eternal life. I know. I know. I've told you church once about what happened to me over 26 years ago when I went into a coma. One minute I was in my body, the next minute I find myself walking somewhere else. It's a transition. Amen. This one when I got here, I said to Pastor I said, oh, by this time like my brother will be standing here and we'll take a picture. We always do that Sunday mornings. They said, but mom, He's said, enjoy himself more than you. Praise the Lord. We step into eternal life. Amen. And that is beating the odds. Because the will of the enemy, the will of Satan, is to carry us into eternal damnation, into the second death, into the lake of fire, which is be appointed for him and his devils and his people. But praise be to God that you have escaped. I say you have escaped. You have escaped by your being born again, by your receiving newness of life through Christ Jesus. You have beaten the odds. Death does not have power over you. This morning we thank the Lord. He says in all things we should give him thanks. And I thought that that was a very mean statement of God. Because when I read my Bible, I have many, many emotions until I get understanding. I said, God, that is mean. Because everything that we should be happy about to thank you. But then he said, it's a perfect will of God in Christ Jesus. But I found out that truly if he says in all things, we should thank him. We ought to, why? Because God has a plan. He has a plan. We may not see it now, but he has a plan. Oh, he has a plan. And that plan is greater and better than what you are going through today. Or what you are seeing today. Elderly friend of mine said something to me. And it's, I mean, since you know, Sunday, that word she said to me has made such an impact to me, really strengthened me too. She said, There's a saying in Eve who says that God knows something we don't know, and so it is enough for us. God knows something we don't know, so it is enough for us. And we know that whatever God knows is better than what we know. And so, in all things, we'll give God thanks. But this one thing we know is that we have beaten the odds in every respect, in every area of our lives. And truly, victory is given to every believer, everyone that has believed in Christ. Victory in life and after life is our portion. May the Lord be glorified and may the Lord be praised in all things. In Jesus' mighty name, amen you want to rise up on your feet this morning thank you Jesus You want to lift up your hands in thanksgiving thank you Jesus we thank you my God for the victory that you give us in this life my God thank you my God for the victory over death thank you that we beat the odds the Lord your purpose and your plans my God are unfailing. you don't fail you perform your good enterprise where we are concerned. We are yours. Thank you, my God, the Lord, you are the father of all spirits, the spirits of men and all spirits. And we thank you, my God, the Lord, we are yours. The Lord, you will perfect that which concerns us. This one, you want to lift up prayer for yourself and for your family. And especially for your salvation. You need to settle your salvation once and for all today. Lord I I want to also have eternal life I want to have eternal life so anyone that believes in him receives him will not perish but have everlasting life eternal life that's what you want to pray that God I want eternal life because I know that this life is fleeting the days my days on earth are short compared to the days of eternity but I want to settle my eternity issue now. I'm not waiting for tonight. I'm not waiting for tomorrow. Pray unto God yourself. Pray to God. Commit your life into the hands of the Lord. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.